0: A long time ago, on a spinner rack, far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 20, John Carter, Warlord of Mars, number 5, cover date October 1977. Hello, Time Travelers, and welcome back to the Comic Book Time Machine's feed for Marvel's Cosmic Comics. And just a reminder, this is a separate feed from our normal uh, podcast feed. Uh, The episodes here are shorter episodes focusing on the individual issues of the Marvel-licensed sci-fi books that I cover on the main feed in larger episodes. The difference being I'm going issue by issue here in this feed, and then those issues... Um, are compiled in in, the, in longer episodes on the main feed. These particular issues were recorded first as longer episodes and then were cut up into these smaller episodes. So you'll notice some difference in, in some sound quality with some of the, the uh, talking that I do. And you might also notice there will be references to in this episode, I'm talking about this and this and this, when the truth is for this feed anyway. Uh, I'm not actually talking about this, this, and this, in this episode, it's this, this, and this, in this series of episodes, this run of episodes that cover the month in this case, being the cover date of October, 1977. For this part, we're going to talk about John Carter, warlord of Mars. Number five, again, October cover date, 1977 release date was July 26, 1977. And All I can say is, oh my goodness, I am so glad that I got to read John Carter, Warlord of Mars. Generally speaking, my reading order, not the order for recording, but my reading order is I read Star Wars first, everything else in the middle, and then John Carter last. Because I have found that John Carter is just that cool, refreshing uh, lemon meringue pie after eating some, you know, not particularly fresh vegetables for dinner. Uh, You start out with Star Wars and... It's enjoyable, although not necessarily the greatest. Uh, especially this this particular round, uh, October nineteen seventy seven. John Carter, so far, all five issues. Every time I've read a John Carter book, uh, it's just been it's just been so nice and exciting and interesting and surprising. Every single time, I have been surprised by something when I've been re- reading John Carter, Warlord of Mars. John Carter, Warlord of Mars, number five, promises. It's going to be a giant battle issue. And guess what? It delivers. It shows Khan fighting John Carter right there on the cover. Dejah Thoris is watching in the background, a giant floating head. Uh, oh, there's a theme for the covers here. <laughs> giant floating heads in the background. And then you have uh, someone saying, stand back. John Carter and Khan must fight to the death. Another theme. This is kind of odd. Star Wars and John Carter, Warlord of Mars. They're kind of having some, uh, what what do you call that? Synchronicity. Um, anyway, uh, it's a it's a well drawn cover and it, it draws you in. It's it's Gil Kane and Pablo Marcus or Marcos who's doing the the cover here. Um, let's just get right into it here. Uh. Let me set the scene for what we're what we're getting into. We start out, we're not we're not with John Carter, we're not with Starra Khan. we're not with Deja Thoris, we're not with Tarstarket, we're not with any of those guys. We actually start out, it's it's Friday night. Or whatever passes for a Friday night on Barsoom and, and it's Friday night, it's at the bar, all the working class men, they're there. They've got their big drinks and they're they're being, you know, they're they're just having a rowdy time. It's it's Friday night. Everybody's working for the weekend, you know? And after a hard day's work, talk starts, you know, going into directions that it sh- probably shouldn't be when you, you're tired, but you're, you're excitable, you're, you've been drinking, and talk goes to politics. As it does, And you have your lefties, you have your righties, they're divided on the issues of the day. And on Barsoom, on that particular day, well, the issue of the day is, uh, did John Carter... Kidnap or kill the princess Dejah Thoris, or, or not? And so the conversation gets gets a little bit louder, and and uh, you know one side saying no, no, John Carter is not guilty. Uh, the other side, you know, they believe that he's guilty. So a bar fight erupts. Cantos uh, Khan and Grog are leading the charge in John Carter's defense, and then. Deja Thoris is a father interrupts. And you remember last issue, he said, you know, he's going to find out what's going on. He's going to find his daughter and he's going to find the people responsible and he's going to hold them responsible, even if it is John Carter. But he needs fighting men to help him on this mission. And he has come to the right place because, well, they're actually already fighting, you know. And so he brings them. They, they go to train everyone. Republican and Democrat alike, they are united with that moment. They are united with that purpose. They are just going to put aside their differences and they are going to try and help them find Dejah Thoris. And whoever is responsible, they are going to hold them responsible and give them the consequences deserving their crime. And, of course, one side of it, they're doing it, and they're out for John Carter's blood, while the other side is doing it because they want to defend him and help him. Because, obviously, John Carter cannot be doing what he is accused of, right? And what's he accused of? Attacking cities and and stealing precious artifacts and fighting his allies and even, in some cases, killing them. So we cut to John Carter now, who is attacking cities and stealing precious artifacts and fighting his allies and even, in some cases, killing them. Remember, he's doing this to bide his time until he can uh, rescue Dejah Thoris and everything he does. He, he does for her. Everything he I'm not going to sing. I am holding back. I'm not going to sing. Deep breath in and out. Okay. So, he is in the middle of battle. And when someone attacks with deadly force, he has to defend himself with deadly force in return. He's forced to, and he hates it. So after he kills someone who was attacking him, he, he, he determines, he vows that this is not going to happen again. It will not happen again. He will not let it happen again. Uh, Actually, what he says is, (laughs) Uh, he has this, this moment of, of realization where he knows the truth. He says, I was Khan's stooge. I did what he ordered me to do. Now, who was Khan? Just a quick reminder. This is the man that in battle during the first book, Princess of Mars, that John Carter was in. While they were having a battle, they were having a war. John Carter wounded this man and caused him to lose his arm. His arm was replaced by a robotic arm, cyber cybernetic cyborg arm, and so this man wants revenge on John Carter. and the way he's been taking it out on him is to kidnap Dejah Thoris, hold the whole planet hostage, basically, because they're taking control of the air control controllers and stuff like that, but then is forcing John Carter to work for him. As a as a sky pirate, because this is, by the way, not just called the one shall die. This is chapter five of the air pirates of Mars, even though they don't mention it. And so, <clears throat> what you have then is Starcon saying, "You are going to go on these missions. You are going to fight these people. You are going to steal their most precious artifacts." And basically, he's doing this smear campaign, this really violent, brutal smear campaign, forcing John Carter to smear his own name because he holds the fate of Dejah Thoris. And until Dejah Thoris is safe, John Carter is forced to do this. And unfortunately, it has resulted in a few deaths. So he goes on to say, In the past, I was no one's fool. I fought for what I believed in. I swore then and there that Khan Would own me. No more. So he's on the big flying pirate ship. He goes to kill Starokhan. He's not even in his quarters. So then uh, he looks at the logbook. Sees some coordinates. Steals a flying ship. Flying lifeboat kind of thing. To go and find Starokhan. Well the coordinates take him to. This huge huge base. It's almost like a small city. Of buildings and skyscrapers and stuff. Inside a dead volcano. And now it is enemy fortress infiltration time. A giant nasty spider gets in the way? No. No, that's not going to stop John Carter from his mission. He runs away before the spider can do anything, which was a little bit disappointing. He gets caught on the web and he just cut himself out and runs away. We don't have time for this, though. We don't have time to fight spiders. We have to get m- moving. Uh, a maze of buildings in his way? Is that going to stop him? No, he's just going to go to the tallest one. And then he's going to start, he jumps up the building and he, he does this telepathic thing that I actually, I, I can't remember if I reali- if I knew this or not, that he had that power, but he's he's trying to find Starakon's exact location using this kind of telepathy thing, and he swings down. He is going to take Starakon down. Now, he gets there just in time to hear Starakon remind one of his lackeys don't forget, I left my my arm buried in helium, not in the element helium but in the city of helium and thank you for reminding me of that Starcon because i'd forgotten about your arm apparently that's going to be a plot point coming up there is something else coming up that i also needed to be reminded of uh but i'll I'll get to that in a second i completely forgot just like actually john carter so he crashes through the window glass is not going to stop him giant spiders lots of buildings glass it's not going to stop him where's the giant battle we've been promised ah here it is he starts punching he starts kicking, he's swinging his dagger, and he says, it's you and me, Starakhan, face to face, as it was destined to be, one-on-one, mano a mano, Starcon says, well, no, actually not. Remember that collar you're wearing that you've been wearing for the last few issues? It allows me to have control over you, and I am going to destroy you without even lifting a finger, because I'm just going to wound you, hurt you, and this is this is how it's going to happen. Well, John Carter shames him in front of his men. He says, look what he won't, he won't even fight me. Look, everyone, Star Khan. there he is, and he's not going to even fight me. What are you, chicken? Well, that does it. I mean, he doesn't use those exact words, but the words he uses are pretty much the magic words. Uh, he shames him in front of his men, and he says, well, fine, we will fight one-on-one, and we will fight evenly. With no extra weapons, I will not use the collar against you. They fight, Super Earthman versus Cyborg, and okay, giant battle issue. Well, as far as the actual giant battle, it's only three pages, <laughs> three pages from the end here. But they fight, 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 and it is brutal. The art just sells it, and boy, the the the, the battle between Darth Vader and Obi Wan. You want to compare it to the battle here? Oh, there is no comparison. No comparison at all. They fight, and finally, and actually, I think there was about the same amount of, well, no, this has a little bit more extra page time, but uh, John Carter grabs that robot arm and he is going to take that robot arm off. He tears the arm off. Starkon lunges for a gun. And then we have this moment where they come, they grapple together, the gun is in between them, the trigger is pulled, and kawam! Starcon speaks. It's over, Carter. At last it is over. And I've won. You may have killed me, but only I know where Dejah Thoris is hidden. And John Carter then narrates, And he died, mocking me all the way to hell. We have this laughter in the background that, uh, Er Watanabe does a great job with the koam and the ha <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, looks like old John Carter is uh stuck in a bit of a pickle here. It's his own people are out to get him. The people that he actually, you know, he's one of their leaders. They're out for him. They want to kill him for kidnapping or killing Dejah Thoris, but Dejah Thoris is still in danger. So on, you know, on the one hand, they all want the same thing; they want to help Dejah Thoris. But on the other hand, John Carter is in a mess here. He is a trapped man, man. and I know the trap will not kill him. But this book keeps surprising me because here's the deal: yes, I know he's not going to die. But remember what I said before: that sometimes it's all about how we get there, not what we're going to. We know what the destination is going to be. We just don't know where and how we're going to get there. And honestly, my goodness, this book has just been... Like I said, it just keeps surprising me. In this issue, the free will ideas in the previous issue bleed through. Last issue... John Carter could not act on anything unless he was forced to do it by Stara Khan because of the collar and because of of the Dejah Thoris thing. And then you had that creature that was mind controlling everyone. And he's trapped and he's controlled, but he is taking matters into his own hands now. He is choosing and he is choosing based on rage and based on helplessness. So he is lashing out and you could make the case that he is not making good choices here. When he finally has the ability to choose for himself, the choices he makes are not the greatest. But he's making these choices and he's facing the consequences. And I love that about storytelling. I, That's where this book is just, I want to know what's going to happen next. I can't wait to read issue number six. And the other thing was, I like him. I forgot all about the, the collar control thing. And I forgot all about the buried arm. And those are small details that Marv Wolfman is is. Using over time and actually seems to be, you know, putting thought into the plotting here and deciding, you know, this, this is where the cliffhanger is going to be. And we're going to take a left turn here to fight this monster, or take a right turn here to run away from this spider. But Marv Wolfen knows what he's doing here. And I am loving the ride. Gil Kane and Rudy Nebras, they nail the art again. It's just, it's perfect for what the storytelling is is wanting to do. Irv Watanabe, he wins for uh, best best lettering of special effects. I'm not sure about, you know, what is the best special effect this month with uh but the koam, it's it's a it's up there. I like that. And even the coloring, uh, Janice Cohen's colors too. This is a team working well together. This is a team that has I don't know if they found their stride, but they 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 I can't say they found their strike because they were doing good at the beginning. They're doing really good now. So I just have to say, like I said, I am looking forward to finding out what happens next. I'm trying to, you know, try not to flip forward right now as I'm talking. So yeah, this team, they are working well together. Unlike the team that we featured in the next episode of Marvel's Cosmic Comics. uh, No, I'm not talking about the creative team. I'm talking about the, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, what ifs and else worlds the six million dollar man and batman comics seven days old and seven decades old on our main feed which you can find on itunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com we'd also love it if you join us on facebook at facebook.com or on twitter where we are at comic time next episode godzilla king of the monsters issue number three